When I was 14, I got my first pony. She was terrible. <laughs> Tried to kill me every time I sat on her. I just worked through it. I kind of found my niche in the more complicated horses and it was just in my blood, I guess. Welcome to another episode of the Interesting People Podcast today. I'm joined by Aaron O'Neill, a professional horse trainer. How's it going, Aaron? It's going pretty good. So I'm really excited about this because we almost helped you out a few months ago. Yeah. You were doing this contest where people could break a horse, and by break I mean train a horse, like mm. really, really short term. <laughs> what was the deal with that? And you're doing it again, right? Yes. I was competing in the rescue to stardom at the Harrisburg Expo with a little horse named Buddy, and it didn't 100% line up to get in here and talk, but now I'm doing the Appalachian Trainer Face-Off through heart of phoenix and it's the same concept 100 days you get a horse and we all meet back in the end of august and show off what we've done are these rescue horses they are all of the horses in the competition are rescue horses so they're coming from really bad situations feral situations abusive neglect not the greatest of of places so this is a really good opportunity for the rescue to get a lot of their horses out and kind of raise awareness for what the rescue horse can actually do this has got to be like the hard mode of what you do instead of training a younger horse to get good habits over time it is you really need to break a lot of of lifelong learned bad habits right? yeah so the horse i have for the competition remington he has learned 10 years worth of knowledge in the last 60 days i mean (laughs) if you think everything a horse learns from the time they hit the ground to 10 years old he's learned it in 60 days And with horses, it's really difficult to do. But he's come around and he's really sorted out. I have to imagine it's got to be like a trust thing to have someone on a horse's back. If they haven't lived that life, getting Mm -hmm. used to having someone back there and then kind of following directions, right? Yeah. So the feral horses are kind of my bread and butter, uh, the ones that have minimal training or nothing at all because I can really lay down what is kind of expected of them and how I like a horse to be handled. So you're not dealing with previous owner's mistakes or poor handling or years of bad habits that they've gained, I suppose. It's better to work from zero than it is from having to fix negative I like it. It's harder in the beginning, <laughs> and you might die, <laughs> but once you get past that, it really makes a really great horse and a, and a partnership more than anything else. You just joked about my dime, but I guess you're really high up on a horse. If they kick you, they throw you, they do oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. It's a very dangerous sport, especially, I mean, your average horse, there's minimal risk. There is risk, but I think motorcycles would be more dangerous. But with feral horses, I mean, they're, they're protecting themselves in any way they can. Do horses bite? They do. And it hurts a lot. Um, And it leaves a pretty good mark, too. Ooh. How did you get into horse training? How long have you been doing it? I kind of happen-chanced into riding. I started, I lived in a little apartment with my grandmother, and my neighbor had two grandsons the same age, and the one rode, and I went out there one day, and I was like, wow, that seems like a pretty cool thing. And my grandma signed me up for a week-long summer camp, and the first day of summer camp, I thought, these people are nuts. I don't know why anyone would ever want to ride these things. This is horrifying. I am never coming back. And then I came back, so they convinced me and I just have been hooked ever since and I've never really had formal instruction or anything like that outside of the week-long summer camp (laughs) and then when I was 14 I got my first pony she was terrible (laughs) tried to kill me every time I sat on her and I just worked through it and I I kind of found my niche in the more complicated horses and it was just in my blood I guess (laughs) and that's what you do now so you train horses do you train for particular companies or what's the professional horse Uh, trainer lifestyle like it's a lot of tireless, vigorous work, but it's very rewarding. So I train for a lot of private clients and a couple of local rescues send me their trickier horses. Essentially, I'll have between 
two to five horses in at a time. And I kind of run off of 30, 60 or 90 day increments and they come in and I just make the coolest horse I can and <laughs> hand them back and say, have fun and get a fresh one. So the horse you're going right now is named Rembrandt. Remington. Remington. Okay. Yeah. Have you met a horse named Rembrandt yet? I have not, but that's a wicked cool name for a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about horse names because I think you run into a lot of dogs that have food names. Is there like a common thing you hear for horse names? A lot of weird people names. Like... <laughs> My favorite so far has been Bert. Bert the horse. Bert. And if you can imagine a horse named Bert, it looks exactly like that. <laughs> it's just dopey and oafy and terrible. Is this something that you want to do forever? You're going to continue training oh, yes. horses? Oh, okay. I don't think there's any way I could ever do anything different at this point. Even when I was younger, I have kind of geared my entire life towards this since I was 16. I couldn't ride a wheelbarrow, let alone a horse, but I knew <laughs> this is what I wanted to do. I just kind of grew and progressed and have set my life up accordingly. So there's no way I could ever do anything else. So I'm kind of curious then. It sounds like you've already hit what you want to do. What are the big goals for horse training? Is it sounds like this like doing 100 day challenges yeah. are kind of like the big thing. Is there like a big like what's the Mount Rushmore for horse training? I'm not sure. I'd really eventually I really want to give the Extreme Musket Mustang makeover a try. And it's a very similar concept, but. I mean, we're talking about the best of the best in the Mustang training industry competing for a million dollars. I don't 100% know if I'll ever do that, <laughs> but my, my ultimate goal is to just make really cool horses and kind of open people's eyes to a better side of training that I think we've kind of lost over the years, especially in the younger group of trainers and up-and-coming trainers. They've lost the, the kindness that is so important, I feel. It's more about getting them out as soon as possible, not yeah. respecting the horse in the process. Quantity over quality and kind of looking at horses as objects more as partners. And I just like to open people's eyes about the softer side of things a little bit. How often do you run into the horses that you've trained? I actually went to Equine Affair in Ohio. It's like a big, I guess, kind of like an expo. And I was just walking around and I was looking in the arenas and I was like, whoa, that horse looks really familiar. And it was a horse, one of my very first sale horses. Wait, really? And I was like... Like, how did this dude end up all the way up here competing in dressage? And it was really wild. But I stay pretty connected with a lot of my clients that have horses come through. We continue lessons, and if they run into problems, I'll go out and, and help them reasonably often to answer your question. <laughs> so you're in Ohio. Do you travel a lot? Actually, just last year, I started kind of amping up my business a little bit more. My son was really young when I, I really started hitting the professional side of things. And he's getting to the age now where I can kind of travel around a little bit more mm -hmm. and, and do bigger things. Do you have anything to do with the racing industry or is that a completely um, different style of training? It's very, very different. So I actually do racehorse rehabs. So a lot of times through the racing industry and, and you mentioned Foxy G. So they kind of rehab horses coming off of the track or that end up in the kill pen and things like that. Just kind of lost through the cracks. So I do help horses that raced and came down and ended up in the kill pen and bad situations. And then I kind of help them, but I don't do much with actual racing. Mm. Speaking of habits, I have to imagine a racehorse has got like a whole bunch of things they need oh, to forget. They do. They've kind of been treated like a vehicle as a commodity. So, you know, a lot of times the hardest thing for them is to just learn how to be a horse. Mm hmm which seems goofy, but it's true. Well, I think a lot of people forget how to be people these days, so they it kind of makes sense. 
Yeah. I guess it would be like taking, you know, the nine to five guy from DC and yeah. saying, hey, let's go live in this weird cabin in the middle of nowhere. Like, <laughs> learn how to be a people. It's fine. He'd probably panic and probably hurt himself a couple of times doing weird stuff. Yeah. Stop checking but, Twitter so much, horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm riding a horse for the first time tomorrow. Yes. I'm not imagining this is going to be anything majestic at all. <laughs> Be. What are some like uh, tips you would give someone that wants to get into horse riding? Don't be scared. It may be scary the first couple of times, but until you really get a feel for it, it's very different than anything you've ever done. But just have fun and don't think about it too much. <laughs> yeah. What's a fact about like horse training or horses in general that would surprise someone? Well, the area of training I do is colt starting, so mm -hmm. baby horses. And, and people a lot of times think, oh, you're just going to get on and buck them out and cowboy, yeah, like rah. And it's not that way at all. There's a lot of groundwork that's involved and a lot of, you know, I spend more time on the ground than I do before I get on them, and it translates over. The biggest misconception is there's a lot more to all of it. Does wearing a cowboy hat help at all in this process? It makes you feel pretty cool. <laughs> it makes you feel pretty tough. <laughs> but maybe for tomorrow, try a helmet. <laughs> yeah, Just in case. Bring my bicycle helmet. Oh no, don't do that. Wear a cowboy hat instead. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I want to actually really quickly talk about Remington. Yes. There we go. I've, I've stricken Rembrandt from it. my brain. <laughs> so with this, at the end of the process, how mm -hmm. is the horse going to be judged? So we'll have two days of competition, total of four classes. And the first day, we'll have a ground demonstration or class, essentially, to make sure, okay, this horse is actually functional, and if someone sits on it, it's not going to kill them. And then we'll go through to a, a ridden class, and we'll have to do go through basic gates and backing and, and simple maneuvers. And then the top six from the entire 14 we'll go through to the second day and we'll do like an obstacle course mm. and then a 10 minute freestyle so it should be interesting yeah <laughs> There's another aspect to this, right? Throughout the competition, we've been judged on our social media presence and things like that. And then there's also a fan favorite vote. Ooh. So people can go online and vote for Aaron O'Neill and Remington as their <laughs> fan favorite and kind of show your support in that way. We had joked earlier that horses need to stay off Twitter, but I guess you want people to get on Maybe. there to show your support. Is this through Facebook or Instagram? or The link can be found on Facebook. It's a survey and you just go on and it takes two seconds and it's most appreciated. Oh, there we go. So people need to check out Remington. Yep. Named after the razor or It's actually a funny story. He ended up in someone's pasture and from what the rescue told me the day I picked him, they said that someone called and said if you don't come get this effing horse off of my property and put a bullet between his eyes. Oh. So they named him Remington. I'm not sure if that's exactly how he got his name, yeah. but it kind of seems that way. Well, there we go. Well, make sure to vote for Remington, the horse of danger. The horse of danger. <laughs> so with a lot of people, it's like a cook doesn't like to necessarily cook for themselves at home. When you're not yeah. training horses, do you still go out and ride horses? Depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes ride my personal horse, but I, I pretty much ride seven days a week. It's mm -hmm. a tireless job. <laughs> on my time off, I do still ride, I'd say. Or at least full with a horse. I can't go yeah. a whole day without riding. It's just my bones start creaking. Like something's weird. I guess that's another thing that's just occurring to my, it's got to be a little bit more active. It's like when someone rides it a is. bike, you drive a car, you talk about like, oh, what are you listening to? Do you listen to music? I have to imagine yeah. with the horse, it, like that's enough, right? It's a lot more physically demanding than people think. And a lot of people just think, oh, you're just sitting on a horse. How hard can it be? There is so much more. <laughs> um, <laughs> if only it was that easy, everyone would do it. It's very physically demanding. But once you get the muscles for it, 
it works out. How hard is dismounting? Depends on the horse. Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> for example, Remington, it's normally not hard at all. Yeah. And um, actually someone had always said, I used to watch him train a lot, and he'd always say, well, some of these, these young squirrely ones, it's harder to get off than it is to get on. And I always thought, ah, there's no way. What kind of horse doesn't want you to get off? Yeah. Until I met Remington. <laughs> and I was once stuck on him for 45 minutes, and I oh. could not get off, and I did not entirely know what to do. So I just kind of sat there for a oh, while man. and figured it out, and I eventually just jumped off, and it took a while, but I can successfully get off of him now. There we go. And it's fine. <laughs> Godless Westworld, there's a lot more, like, cowboys and stuff. Are you seeing, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people that weren't interested in horses now asking about horses? Is there, like, an uptick now because there of pop culture? There kind of is. Not as much as what I'd like to see. Mm-hmm. And around here, it's a, it's a lot more English, you know, discipline. So a lot of times, like, Westworld and Justified and I don't know. I don't watch TV, so I don't know any other cool <laughs> cowboy movies or, or TV shows. But it doesn't always translate over. Okay. Because it's different tack, different area. It'd be nice if it did. <laughs> <laughs> getting people, like someone who's like never engaged with horses, getting the horses, like mm-hmm. what is something you would tell, like if there's any apprehension they have, they should definitely check it out, right? Absolutely. You'd be surprised how many people I talk to and they're like, oh, I'm so scared of horses. I would never go full with horses. They're so big. They're big, but they're big dogs. <laughs> I mean, they're just, if you took a dog and a cow and made one animal, that's the personality of a horse. They're just big, weird love bugs oh <laughs> that's awesome well that's the best thank you so much yeah. for talking with me today yeah, Aaron. thank you i end every interview the exact mm-hmm. same question okay. what has you excited what are you looking forward to august 24th and 25th and <laughs> showing off what this cool horse is to offer eye on the prize <laughs> exactly thank you so much yep